0: Okay, this morning we are going to read and hopefully uh, get a lot of what God gave us yesterday. But uh, I trust and through a a deeper study this morning uh, that he's going to give us so much more. But I'm going to read from Psalm 56. And there's a lot that we can glean from this particular psalm here as believers. Again, we've said, And we've been taught through the word in Romans 15 and verse 4 and 1 Corinthians 10, 6 and 11. We can glean from what others went through to see what we have in Christ and uh, use them as types or examples, figures that we can learn by. But here, this is a psalm. A psalm. And it was uh, known as this this particular psalm here, David. And this psalm is a is God giving him cheerful courage while he's a fugitive and so David is on a run for his life. Now we're not on a run for our life. We have our life which is Christ in Colossians 3 and verse 4. Christ is our life and here in 1st Peter 2 11, we are strangers and pilgrims. It's not like it's not like we're on the run and we're not on the run. God through Jesus Christ as our head is leading us through. But this is again, this is a, a cheerful courage that God is giving in Psalm 56. I'm gonna read it to you as close as I can, as far as I, as I could in study this morning in the Hebrew, but we'll just translate it into the English uh, by God's grace. This is what it says in Psalm 56. It says, Be gracious unto me, Elohim, Elohim, for me, man is greedy after me. And that's really what it says in, in the Hebrew. And so this is a prayer that you and I, obviously, we don't have to pray because we have Christ in John 1 and verse 14. Christ himself he as our head in Colossians one eighteen in Colossians two and verse nineteen he is our head, and he is leading us by who he is in John one and verse fourteen he is filled up with all that grace and truth is, and furthermore in Colossians two and verse nine, he is filled up the whole time that Jesus walked the face of the earth he was filled up with all that God is. And all that God is, truly, all that He is, for those that are His, is grace and truth through His Son and through making us that. But we can look back at this Psalm and our spiritual warfare in Ephesians six ten, uh, right through those two prayers in 18 and 19, of that sixth chapter, again, of, of Ephesians. And in 2 Corinthians 10, verses four through six, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They don't have anything to do with flesh and blood, but they're mighty, they're powerful, they're explosive. They're like explosive power through God. And God uses the explosive power that Christ is. And and we know this, that we, in 1 Peter 1, 5, we are kept by the power of God. We're kept, that's our position. But he's keeping us in our experience, functioning in our position through the explosive power of the word in John 1.1 1, 1, that Christ is. And we know in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24, Christ, the power of God and wisdom. You see, the, God gives us tremendous, in the midst of spiritual warfare, he gives us tremendous power. We know because in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear. And we've said so many times as we've all been taught, and we all need to be renewed in Ephesians 4.23, how to think in our minds properly, that fear is a spirit. It's the enemies that come against us, that cause us to live in fear. Because we know in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear and love in who God is and who we are in Christ. There's no fear there. None. Because fear has torment, which is the Greek word kolasis K-O-L-A-S-I-S, it's kolasis. Fear has torture and punishment. How many Christians think, don't understand, all of us at times, don't understand that trials are to keep us purified they keep us pure in 1 Peter 1, 7, keep us focus- focusing on the reality that even though we don't see him, he's present, never leaving us nor forsake us. That's 1 Peter 1, verse 8, whom having not seen, we love. We exchange the love that he loved us first with in 1 John 4, 10, we do that. And we give it back in 1 John 4, 19, through trust. Trust means obedience, and obedience is the place that I receive that love that he loves me with, and I just give it right back to him. That brings out 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. All things are for our sakes, that the, that the thanksgiving of many may go right back so thanksgiving is, a, is an effect of being loved by God, and it goes right back to God. Can you imagine? Right in the midst of spiritual warfare, right in the midst of what the enemy could do, and what can he do, and we'll see this. We know that from the book of Job, he can only do what God allows him to do because God has that enemy on a choke chain. He can only go so far, and that's it. So what we see here again is the psalmist is praying and saying, Be gracious unto me, Elohim, because man under the enemy, under the prince and power of the air in Ephesians 2.2, 2, the God of this world in John 12.31 and 14.30 and 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the prince of the power of the air, the power of his lies, he is greedy and especially for you and I in Christ, he's greedy to gain us and to get us out of a proper experience. He's very greedy. He's hateful and greedy after us. And all the day, he fighting oppresses me. That word oppressed there in the Hebrew is L-A-C-H-A-T-S, lakats. And it means he comes in and tries to squeeze us out of the life that Christ is in us, and get us out of this life, which is a love life, to squeeze us out, to cause us distress, to crush us. But you know who God's near in Psalm 34 and verse 18. Those that are crushed in spirit, and he allows the enemy to come in and to crush areas where we're functioning in the flesh so that we have to run to him. I just was singing it in that song in my heart as I studied early this morning, very early this morning, and and just hungering for this truth, hungering for a greater expression of it, as beautiful as it was yesterday that we had, which wasn't recorded, but I just had such a hunger. And God so filled me with this and so desires to fill us with this. And all I kept singing was, What time I am afraid, I will run to him. What time I am afraid, I'm going to run to him. That takes, that's the courage that God gives us. It's not a scaredy cat that runs to him, it's a man that has courage and knows where his source of courage comes from. It comes from absolute dependence and not waiting but coming to him in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, instantly, with labor and being heavy laden, with fears within and fightings without. In 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 5, that's what it means to be, to labor and to be heavy laden. Fears within cause labor and heavy laden, all those cares and things that are without. And so the prayer, again, in the Hebrew is, <clears throat> be gracious unto me, Elohim, for man is greedy after me under the enemy all the day. He never stops. He never stops. You know what? That's what makes it so important to constantly have the word. Now, how can we constantly have the word? I'll tell you, this is the order. We come to the local assembly and receive that, that word, and that becomes a shield while we're awake. In, Psalm 16, in, in Ephesians 6 and verse 16. And the shield there is the person of Christ and the work that he's already accomplished for us. And it's our shield as we pass through as strangers and pilgrims right through this worldly wilderness, this worldly fight that's against us because we're in Christ. We just go right through We go right through with that shield and the word that we take in and submit to all the day long becomes the very word that he uses while we even sleep. In Psalm 16 and verse 6, the lines have fallen out unto me in pleasant places. The lines of his word, the lines of his security keep me in a very pleasant place. Pleasant in Christ with who God is so pleased about his son and all those that are in him. Then my reigns, it's a metonym, my reigns, and rains are what we take in as what is given out and how our physical body even functions. But here in a spiritual sense, in Psalm 16 and verse 7, it says, my rains instruct me in the night seasons. And there's where we get that deep sleep and rest. It's called REM where we have that rapid eye movement of absolute sleep because the mind is playing back that word even while we sleep. And you know what he gives. And that's why it says, and we want to see it here, and this is what makes it so important for us, not just for kids, but as adults to understand where some of these fightings come from, where a lack of sleep at without condemnation, where a lack of sleep comes, and it's because of this. It all has to do with the thought life. Now, Psalm 127, verse 1, as we go briefly away from Psalm 56, it says this, Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. We cannot build ourselves up. It must be the Holy Spirit that takes the things of Christ and forms in us that place in Colossians 3 and verse 16 for Christ to be at home in us in our experience based upon what he's finished in our position. This is what it says, except the Lord build up the house, except we get the edification of his grace and his truth, except the Lord does that, the Lord labors in vain. That's why we need the yoke in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. All you that labor and are heavy laden, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and result, I will give you my rest. And my rest is equal to the peace that he has, in John 14, verse 27, not as the world gives, but as he gives. See, he gives his peace. It's based upon his rest, the rest that he has with his Father, and the rest that he's given us as as our Father, his Father, that we rest in. And we're no longer fathered in our experience by the oppressive enemy with his lies in John 8 and verse 44. Now, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. If you, listen, when Christ does not our rest, when it's not his word, when it's not his counsel, we don't rest and the enemy causes us to wander and try to fill up those areas where there's no rest gets us occupied with all kinds of other things trying to replace Christ in our experience. Can't in our position, that's unassailable, it's untouchable. In 1 John 5, 18, be the wicked one touches us not. And again, we've been taught, uh, even our sins, our failures don't touch our position. They've been dealt with positionally, but they do affect our present fellowship experientially here. And that's what he goes after. See, he was going after David in his experience. And the enemy that we cannot see, and we're going to see it in Psalm 56 when we get back there, that hides themselves, that has satanic spies all over the place, just waiting and watching where we walk. Because our thoughts control our body, and then we go to certain places. And when we leave the place, our proper place in Christ, in Ephesians the book of Ephesians, especially in the first chapter and all through it, then we give place to the devil in Ephesians 4 and verse 27, and that's the place where he tortures us with fear, which is kalesis. Psalm 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that try to do anything about it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchmen wake but in vain. It is vain. Here's, here it is. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late. To eat the bread of sorrows. See, anything outside of him is sorrow. It's from a lust pattern. It's from the the lust of the flesh. In, in Genesis 3 and verse 6 and in 1 John 2 and verse 16. So, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives those that are his beloved, what? Sleep. He gives us rest. He gives us that. But do we take it? Do we take it? So back to Psalm 56, as we continue in the Hebrew again, it says, Be gracious unto me, Elohim, for man is greedy in his hatred after me, man under Satan, All the day, he fighting oppresses me to squeeze me, to crush me, to cause me to be distressed, discouraged, disappointed, and not built up in the home that's mine in Christ as he is my proper house, my proper resting place, and to cause me in my experience to miss him, to miss him and his rest, And his peace, because in Ephesians 2 and verse 14, and Isaiah 26 and verse 3, he is our peace. Quietness and confidence is our strength in Isaiah 30 and verse 15. And it's also in 32 and verse 17 of Isaiah. Isaiah 30, verse 15, and 32, 17. Now it says this, they all the day long, that's why we got to keep the shield up while we are awake, and while we sleep, what we took in is going to play itself back, and it's going to protect us all the way around. It says, my adversaries are greedy after me all the day, for many are they who proudly war against me. Get a warfare going in the mind, and we can know where That warfare comes from, in in James 4, 1 through 4, for the believer, it's those lust patterns that are in the flesh, that are in us, but that we're not of, in Romans 8 and verse 9. You see, lust, the lust, that, that thing that the enemy desires us to have, which he knows is insatiable, and even in that insatiability, then he condemns us, he'll offer it to us, just so he can condemn us, crush us, and oppress us, and gets us occupied with thoughts that have nothing to do with God, because in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, God knows the thoughts that, that, think, that he thinks towards us and towards you and I in Christ. He never thinks evil. He never thinks evil in 1 Corinthians 13:4, about who his Son is in us and who we are in him. He knows the thought that he thinks towards us. The thoughts of peace... Christ, and not evil. Not evil ever. In the day that I fear, and I love the way the Hebrew brings this out, I will cling confidently to you, O God, through Christ. Through Elohim, and who is Elohim? This is God the Father who gave us his Son. Through Elohim. And I and the Father, Jesus said in John ten thirty, are one. And He said to His disciples, when they said, "Show us the Father," it will suffice us. In fourteen eight of John and fourteen nine, Jesus said to them, "If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. You've seen Elohim. You've seen Him, and through Him, will I praise His Word." Boy, I wish we, boy, I wish we had the time to bring out the unbelievable treasures of these truths. And and I'm going to do my best as I submit to God for him to bring it out through the week. These incredible truths, these incredible truths, I wouldn't give up anything to miss it. I wouldn't give up a single thing. And that's why it's so important for us to know where we should be, when we should be, and how we should be because these are very, very intense. And a lot of times, we miss a lot of those things. And even though they are recorded, I can't tell you how many I know even here, they just miss them because they have no more time to listen to those things that are recorded when we could have them. And I'm telling you this for all of us, and this is the word that he's given us. Now, it says, Through Elohim will I praise his word. Oh boy, how the Father loves the Son. His word in this eternal embrace in John 1 1 and how he's given him to us in John 1 verse 14 and how beautiful that is and he keeps giving him and giving him that's what grace upon grace is in John 1 16 he just keeps giving just keeps giving he keeps giving he keeps giving now to train us so that what we gain now propels us and will be the measure of what we can even receive more and more of for all eternity in that love that passes knowledge in Ephesians 3 and verse 19. See, in Elohim do I trust. Proverbs 3:5, trust in the Lord with all your mind, leb your mind, and lean not to your own understanding, all that oppressive thinking, all of that negativity from the atmosphere. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths because all your paths in Christ in Proverbs 4 and verse 18 are lit up with the most tremendous purity of the word of his light and that's the purity of your image In my image. It's our only means of identity and I will trust in him. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Stop being wise in your own eyes. Going by sight, going by what oppresses you, Going what brings you down, going by what absolutely depresses you and causes you to live in depression, causes you that. There's a cause behind that depression, and the fear, and, and what's behind it is the fear and the proud, invisible, evil army that's against you in your experience, can't touch your position, totally against you. And Elohim do I trust without fearing. And so what do I fear? What can flesh do unto me? What can man under the atmosphere do unto me? And that flesh that the enemy tries to get the old man to live again when he's dead through the flesh, what can that do to me as far as God's concerned? What can it do? All the day long, it says, they rest my words. They try to twist them and use them against me. Do you know the enemy when he can't Keep us in our experience to live in deception in Revelations 12, 9, just like the world. By the way, we live just like the world when we live in the flesh. We're no different. We're no different in our experience, in our position far different. We're not better, but we're better off in Christ positionally. But we're no different. That's why the Christian doesn't do the things that the world does. They don't go to the places that the world does. They don't need the entertainment of the world. They don't need to escape. They don't need to do those things to try to replace Christ in their experience. They don't do those things. None of them. Oh, the time is so short. The time is so short for him to fill us up with all the truth that he is in us. All the day long, they rest my words. Now, if he can't deceive us, it will accuse us, and there's the accusations. In Revelation 12, verse 10, who does he accuse? Those that are Christ. Those that live by the life that Christ is in them, in Colossians 3 and verse 4. Those that are secure positionally in the beloved, in Ephesians 1, 6, the son of his love, in Colossians 1 and verse 13. Because we've made meat, we've been made meat. In other words, he's qualified us because he's given us to walk in the light because the light there is is who we are in our character, our true character in 1 John 1, 7. So what can flesh do unto me? Flesh of those that are unsaved and, and, and instruments of the atmosphere in the invisible army against us or even the flesh that's in us that we're not of. All the day long, They rest my words. Against me are all their thoughts for evil. But what do we know in Romans 8.31 and Psalm 56 and verse 9, which we'll read, God is for us. In the greatest way that he could ever be, the greatest way that God could ever be for us is finished because Jesus Christ, in John 14.6, is the way. And when he's our only way, we have his truth. And when we have his truth, as opposed to lies, as opposed to all those lies, God is not a man that he should lie. That's Numbers 23 and verse 19. The father of all lies in John 8 and verse 44. We see that crystal clear through the word. All their thoughts are against us for evil. Satan's army is banded together and they set spies. You see, Satan is not omnipresent, but he has an invisible, innumerable army, and they are his set spies against us. Just waiting, watching how we live, watching where we go. That's what spies do, they watch, so they can bring back reports. That's what they do, they watch. They hear the conversation. They watch it. They see where we go. They see what we, we, we use as, as entertainment that they can use against us. See, that's the enemy. See? Constantly against us. They band together. They set spies. They watch. They never stop. They never stop watching us. They don't sleep. They never stop. This invisible army in Ephesians 6, 10 to 17. They watch my heels. In other words, they watch where I'm walking. See, my thoughts direct where I go. No wonder it says in that Holy Spirit prayer that was given through Paul to give to him and to give to us. I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. See if it's the the spirit of truth and not the spirit of lies. The whole spirit, my soul being captured, and my body. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord, because faithful is He. He is faithfulness. Who, who has called you? He's called you positionally in Romans 8 and verse 28. He's called you and I positionally. And that position in Romans eight twenty-eight goes all the way through from Romans eight twenty-eight to verse 39. No, none, nothing can be against me because He's for me. Is that my reality and my experience? Is my will submitted to the truth? Where do I walk? Do I walk away from him? Or does he lead me as my head? My heels, they watch my heels, and what is the cause? Because they seek after our life. Now the enemy cannot touch. He cannot touch our the life that our life in, in our position, but he doesn't want it to enter into our experience. So he's seeking for us in Christ after the, our life and our experience. Why? Because in John ten ten a the thief comes to steal with thoughts. To steal, to kill and destroy. What? My position in Christ? No. My experience. My experience. So I go all the way... Through the all the way through my day with my head down and just trying to get by and doing the best that I can without Christ as my experience. Instead of my head lifted up, read the Psalms, above my enemies. Above them all. Above my enemies. And so, they they, they do this, they seek our lives, because in John, again, John 10, 10a, the thief comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy. But, separated from that, based upon our position, hopefully entering into our experience. But I have come. He's already come. That you may have life. He is our life. And life what? More abundantly, individually, but then having it together. More abundantly. And so, by such, in verse 8 of Psalm 56, by such evil doing, will they escape? I mean, can they escape God's eye, what they're trying to do? Could, could Satan escape God's eye about what he was doing against Job? Didn't God use that? The evil that the enemy meant against Job? The evil that Joseph's brothers, under the influence of the enemy in their experience, against Joseph? Did he not mean it for, his, for Joseph's good? In, in Psalm 50 and verse 20, of course he did. Of course he did. And, that, and he means it for us. Why? Because the good is the good that his son is, that Christ is, Elohim, Elohim, in the word, his son. He's good. And nothing but good comes from God. Anything else is evil. It's his very nature. Goodness is God's very nature. Faithfulness is God's very nature. Mercy is his very nature. You see his nature spelled out in Exodus 34 and verse 6. And it is that nature that controls all of his attributes. They're one and the same as they flow. They flow out in all his attributes which are innumerable and which we will function in his love for all eternity and it will pass our knowledge in terms of us just constantly receiving it without disturbance or distraction, right? in in Ephesians 3 and verse 19. In wrath, his prayer, in wrath cast down the people's Elohim, those that function under the the enemy, the prince and power of the air, in Ephesians 2.2. He says this, My fugitive life you have told. So David was on the run from Absalom. He was on the run from Saul. From Absalom, he was constantly on the run for these enemies. And in that, sense, in, in that sense, he was a fugitive. He said, my tears are laid up in your bottle. And I love that verse. They're laid up in your bottle. It's his bottle. Are they not in your book? And that speaks of God's knows every single thing about us. And he's interceding. In Romans eight and verse thirty-four, in Hebrews seven verse twenty-five, in five in Hebrews nine and verse twenty-six, he's interceding. He knows what tears are in Hebrews five seven eight. He knows. He knows. He's wept. He weeps. He wept with them. In John eleven and verse thirty-five, he groaned like we groan. In eleven and verse thirty-three, his groaning wasn't because of sin. His groaning was because of a deep love that he has for us and he automatically begins interceding for us. He sees those spies, those, those demonic spies, he sees them really clear. That's why we must submit to him constantly in James 4 and verse 6, and not to function in pride. Think we don't need the word. Think we don't need anyone else to teach us. Think we don't need each other. Think we don't need the body. Think we don't need to come often to hear the word of God and receive it and submit to it. That's why it's so very vital in James 4 verse 7 to submit ourselves unto God. When we do, the devil flees because it's Christ between us. It is Elohim and his word that he is one with, his very son, that the enemy now faces and he turns tail every single time without fail. And he stores up all our tears in a bottle and they're written down in his book and then they enter into Revelations 2 and verse 17, the manna, the hidden manna in the white stone, which is our new name. And oh, how he's going to show us. And he does. In Revelations 7, 17, he, wiped away, he wipes away all those tears of those that passed through the tribulation. Buckets of tears of those. He'll wipe them away. This is based upon the teaching of what he even said to his people Israel in Isaiah 25 and verse 8. But it also speaks to you and I in Revelations 21 and verse 4. He will wipe away all tears. Why? Because he's truth and he's faithfulness. He's faithfulness and he's truth in Revelations 21 and verse 5 and in Revelations 22 and verse 6. They're all written. Then... Must my enemies fall back? Do you remember when Jesus spoke the word? When they came against him to take him captive in the garden in John the 18th chapter, and he spoke the word. All he They asked where he was, and they, they asked him, who are you? And he said, I am. That's what he spoke, and I am. And the, literal, the word spoken, they, they caused them to fall back. So we know that they didn't take him captive captured? No. He allowed it to happen to fulfill God's plan. We are his captives. In Romans 8 and verse 37 and in Ephesians 3.1 and 4.1, we are captured by his love positionally. Now, through our will submitted, that flows into our experience constantly. That's why we need constant dependence. That's why we need constant, precise, very precise teaching and preaching. That's why we need it, all of us. Then, then must my enemies fall back in the day that I call. That's when the day that I'm dependent, the moment I'm dependent on him, is that our enemies fall back. But we must be dependent. We must be humbled. And he's near those that are crushed. In Psalm 34 and verse 18, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a contrite heart, a crushed heart. In Psalm 51 and verse 17, and God allows the enemy to come in. He allows him to come in, as we said here in this Hebrew. He allows him to come in. That Hebrew word, lakatz, to oppress, to crush us. And the enemy uses that, the crushing of the enemy, to cause us to fly to him. To cause us to fly to him. And even what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. Why? Because this I know. I know it in the day that I submit and I'm dependent. This I know. All oh, I experience, God, Elohim, Elohim, and his love is so for me through his precious son, realized only by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we never interpret the word privately. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 20, it was never given, had not a thing to do with the will of man outside of submitting that will to Christ the Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we see things clearly. That's why we don't even see the pitfalls that the enemy has. He has has a pit of noise for us in Psalm 40, verse 2. It's a trap, a pit that we fall into. See how many believers fall into that pit of depression and they stay there, immovable, can't even function. It's called a pit of noise. All these thoughts in this language, in this many voices in 1 Corinthians 14, 6-11, and none of them are without significance. But God uses it to crush us, to cause us to be more dependent. And it's the day that I call on him. I know experientially, not just declarative knowledge. Love not in word or in tongue, in 1 John three eighteen, but love, but in spirit, and in truth you see how the holy spirit has to take those things of christ through a submitted will so that we function in true love and we don't we don't any longer pretend ask a christian most christians ask him how you doing good you can tell by how they say good <laughs> for any of us and i'm one of them and so are you but we don't have to be pretenders anymore in our experience In Romans 12 and verse 9, the enemy who's the greatest hypocrite and liar wants to bring us to that same place in our experience where we just pretend that God loves us. We pretend. We pretend. This I know, Elohim, Elohim is for me. Through Elohim do I praise the word. And then through Yahweh, and we're going to see that, not today, but we're going to see the difference in these two names that, are, that indicate and manifest and give us a revelation of God and how he functions. Through Yahweh do I praise the word through a submitted will. Oh, where do we see it? And where do we have the time to get into it? We have been captured by Jesus Christ. And in Psalm 22, 22, that's a picture of the cross. You you see how it works when you read the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and even in John. You will see how that is written only in the Spirit of Christ. How he said, I'm going to declare your name in the congregation, in the midst of the brethren, and we're his brethren, in Hebrews 2 and verse 11, because of 2.10 of Hebrews. And then he says in Hebrews 2.12, I and my brothers are going to sing praise. We're going to worship you. And he's given us, and we're going to get into this in the weeks following here, the days following, the songs, the instructive songs through the word. And all the the majority of these psalms are set in songs of teaching. And he gives us songs in the night of his absence, in the night when the enemy comes against us. The night, the sleepless nights. In Psalm thirty-five and verse ten, he gives us songs in the night. Read eleven and twelve in, in Job thirty-five. He gives us songs in the night in Isaiah forty, and verse three. And he gives us these songs in forty-two and verse three. He gives us these songs in Psalm seventy-seven and verse six. And countless, countless. Read the psalms. There were songs. There were many tears, but many. Many teaching songs that were given to them. He bottles every tear and he knows just the right teaching. And when we receive it, it becomes like a song in us of worshiping him and being thankful for all things in Ephesians 5 and verse 20 and in all things in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. Thank you, Lord, as you just prepare. I know just this morning what he's doing is he's preparing us. He's just laying the foundation to build up all the rest of this truth that he wants to build on, that he's given us. In Elohim do I trust in his love for me. And when I do, it's without fear because there's no fear in love. In 1 John 4 and verse 18. Because as Jesus is right now, so are we positionally. In 1 John 4 and verse 17. We're to have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is right now, so are we right now in this world. That's our position. Is it my proper experience? You know how we get that? Through proper preaching and teaching. So that, we, so that our will has something that's true, honest, just, pure, lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, we will think on these things in Ephesians 4 and verse 8. We'll think on them and have something for our will to submit to and not to submit to all these other lies and lust patterns. You see, the only thing that we can submit to when we don't trust Him is then we go back to trusting the lust of the flesh to try to escape it because we can't handle it. Because without him, in John 15, 1 through 5, we can do nothing. In Elohim do I trust without fearing. What can men do unto me? What can a whole... Remember what Jesus said? He spoke it to Peter and he's speaking to us this morning, right now, in our circumstances and situations and in our thought life. You know what he's saying? I will build my church. He's going to build already what he's built. He wants to build it in us what he's already finished for us. Jesus said that future, and it was accomplished on the cross. He went down, went up, and sent the Holy Spirit down to form the church in Acts, the second chapter. That's ours already. I will build up my church. And the gates of hell, all the marshaled, invisible, innumerable, spying army that is hatred, cruel hatred that wants to crush us, and that's against us, won't even prevail against you. Because God... All of who God is with one individual is a major, major majority against the invisible atmosphere. Totally against it. Binding me, binding upon me, Elohim, are your vows. You know, who fulfilled all those? Those vows in Psalm 15 and verse 4. God forbid in the book of Ecclesiastes we don't pay what we vow well, Jesus fulfilled all of those. And he, we are bound, and we've been given a father. Jesus said that in John 20 and verse 17. I am going to my father and your father, to my God and your God, because you are bound up in us. You're bound up in us. God has bound himself to us through his son, because all those vows that we could never keep for a second, he's already kept. And then we're kept by that power that fulfilled those vows in 1 Peter 1 and verse 8. I will pay thanksgiving unto you. Did you know that Jesus, you know, his prayer, you know, when he said, and I'm going to close with this, when he, when Jesus prayed, and we're going to finish this one, and I'm trusting God with you because I want more of it. I can't get enough of it. But when Jesus said the prayer that he actually prayed, in Matthew 27 and verse 46, when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The forsaking, and it was said in the Spirit, that David felt like God was forsaking him, but that was the said in the Spirit of Christ in Psalm 22 and verse 1. And it's the picture of the cross. But did God answer his prayer? Yes. He. Listen, this is so critical for us. God will answer our prayers in the way that only he knows will best glorify himself and bless us. That's why we need to be patient and trust him and stop doubting. Stop tempting him with doubt and fear and discouragement and disappointment. But you know what he said? God answered his prayer. Now listen, you know what that says? That God in Jesus Christ, when he became a man, for all eternity, Jesus with us, Will lead us in thanksgiving, worshipful thanksgiving, and song and praise to His Father. <laughs> that's Hebrews two twelve, that's Psalm twenty two and verse twenty two. That brings out Revelations five nine and twelve. We're going to see Christ seated on a throne. He's seated there, on the right hand of His Father. They're one, and we're going to see Him and we're going to thank God for His Lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Next time the enemy comes in and says, you're not worthy based upon your failure or these wicked thoughts that he tries to convince us that are ours, uh, there's no worth in us. All our worth is in Christ. And so is he not then worthy to bring us back to a proper place so he can be our head? It's never a question whether we're worthy or not. Don't listen to that lie. Oh, you doubted him. Oh, how God comes through. Just waiting in Isaiah 30 to be, 18 to be gracious. You want things from God? Do you want them? Listen. Delight yourself in the Lord while you wait. Listen. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4. And he will give you the desires of your heart. I don't care who it is, what it is. It doesn't matter. Roll all your ways upon him because when he is, you'll have a place to rule all your anxiety and care upon him. Because we know in 1 Peter 5:7 he does care for you because you have an adversary trying to crush you with evil thoughts, evil thought force, with these evil imaginings. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, casting down these evil reasoning thoughts that come from a high place of an invisible atmosphere that's against us. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And what's the knowledge of God to the believer? I love you in Christ. Ephesians three nineteen. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. You know, everything about the Bible is sooner or later, everyone is going to know God. Some will have it joyfully, Others will have it regretfully for all eternity. But all are going to know God. That's the whole purpose for the kingdom coming on earth. Now, we already know him in Christ, based upon John 17, 2 and 3, based upon the work that was finished and the glory in verse 5 that Christ is. We already have that. That's why our views to be heavenly, not earthly. Details of life, Matthew 6, 1 through 34. Details of life. What takes care of the details of life? Prayer life. In Matthew 6, 1 through 8. Prayer life. Men should always pray. Trust God and depend upon him. And not faint. It hasn't happened yet. we, Oh, stop it, will you? I'm saying to myself, stop it. Quit you like a man. Watch. Quit you. In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13. Quit you like, stop that and be a man in Christ. And start watching for yourself and for others with God's view, in in Job 36, 7. Never removes his eye from the righteous. With the apple of his eye, Psalm 17, 8. Deuteronomy 32, in verse 10. Zechariah 2, in verse 8. With a little man in his eye, never leaves his eyesight. Never. And everything the enemy means against us in time is just bringing out God's glory, and we're on our way to glory. We suffer, but we never suffer without him. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 12. And then we do all things in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 14, especially men, do all things in the love that he loves us with, without fear. And Father, we thank you so much for the truth of this precious word, for the truth. And I just want to stop this now because we'll have 10 minutes just for some questions and comments and then all of us have certain things we have to do so we have to leave at nine. But Father, thank you so very much for your precious word, your precious love for us. And oh God, I'm asking you, and I did this morning, and boy, did you pour it out. And we asked yesterday, and I asked others to pray, oh God, please, all the truths that you brought out yesterday, don't let me forget them. I'm saying for me, don't let them forget them for me. Please, Lord. And that I could be a vessel that you could distribute that to others especially in the times that we live in. The times in Psalm 31, verse 15, our times are in your hand, no one else's. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.